Welcome to the Carrots and Cake Podcast. I'm your host, Tina Hopper, an FDN practitioner, author, mom, and IBD advocate. Tune in each week for real-life advice and strategies for becoming your happiest and healthiest self, all while thriving in the gray area. Trust me when I say, you can have your carrots and cake too. Welcome to the next episode of the Carrots and Cake podcast. Today, I have a special guest. I have Nicole Kruger here, and she is an FDN practitioner, and she's also one of the practitioners and coaches on my team. So I am really excited to chat with her today. I think we're going to talk about mental health and wellness in general, but welcome, Nicole. I'm so glad to have you here today. Yeah, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, 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 yeah. And this has been a long time coming. I've been wanting to have you on the podcast for a little while now. And I would say, let's just dive right into it because I think your story is going to resonate a lot with our listeners and, you know, very much the clientele that we work with. So let's talk about kind of your mental health journey, kind of like where you were, like how things started. And then of course, maybe like the transition into what you're doing today, because I think it was very much inspired why you became an FDN practitioner. Yeah, for sure. So the way that it started for me was um, my second child was born and six months later, I ended up with a depression diagnosis. And I thought, I remember being like, kind of floored by that because I didn't feel depressed. I guess when I think of depression, I think of like, you know, that hopelessness, despair, kind of like losing your luster for life or losing interest in things. And I didn't have any of that. I was, um, I was like geared up. I was super overwhelmed. I had a lot of anxiety. I kind of felt like I couldn't handle my life. I felt frantic and like I needed more time. And come to find out those are symptoms of depression. And I did not know that, you know, at the time I thought, well, I don't feel depressed. I feel overwhelmed. That was the biggest word that I would use to describe how I felt was just overwhelmed. And, um, I ended up going on and off of nine different antidepressants over 10 years. It started when he was, he was six months old and, um, on and off for, for 10 years, nine different antidepressants. And, you know, I would go on the antidepressant and it would work for a little while. And, I now think it was probably placebo effect. It would work for a little while and then it would quit or it would work for a little while. And then I would have a side effect. It would work for a little while and then I would gain weight. Well, with my ninth one, it worked for a little while. And then I had narrowing of the esophagus and hives. So I was having an allergic reaction to it. They had me immediately discontinue it. And then they were no longer comfortable prescribing me to that class of medications because nine of them didn't work for me. So they wanted to prescribe me to off-label use of a medication I was not going to pick up at the pharmacy, just pure pride more than anything. And I'm like, we need to find a different way to do this. And that's how I ended up in a functional practitioner's um, office, just out of, I didn't even know functional health. I didn't know it was a thing. And, um, but as I like was immediately discontinuing, immediately discontinuing this antidepressant, you know, there's side effects and you feel like you have all these withdrawal symptoms. It was terrible. So some of my friends had mentioned that like one of their, um, an acquaintance of theirs knew of this functional practitioner and I wound up in his office. And, um, really that was, uh, 11 years ago and that was the start of it for me. And that's how I, I guess that's what brought me into the functional health world to begin with. And then, you know, some supplements to support my body. We did a lot of testing. We did some, um, stool testing and, um, different types of testing, like, um, like we do at carrots and cake actually. And then I, um, I had some supplements to support my body and it took me about three months, but I did come out of it. I did come out of it. 
Yeah. And I feel like the story is all too familiar as far as a lot of us who come to this functional space. And I very much believe in the conventional medical system. I think we can coexist. I think we need medications, no shame in the medication game, but I do think you kind of get to a point where you're just like, this is not working. We knew we need a different approach. And I mean, this is why you're in the space, why I'm in the space, because we want to take a different approach in the sense that, you know, we're supporting our body holistically. So for you, you know, what has been kind of like the biggest dial movers for you when it comes to more of like a functional approach to managing, you know, your mental health? Yeah. So at first, the two biggest things that it, that did it for me um, were, were my diet and I can go a little bit more into that and then sleep. And the funny thing is, is I, to this day could give myself, well, could wind up with the symptoms that would get me a depression diagnosis within a week or two, if I don't keep my diet and my sleep kind of in check. And I don't know if that's just my body or if I still have more, I mean, we all have more healing to do. Right. But I can, I can end up with a depression diagnosis rather quickly if I don't keep those two things in check. So for diet, for me, like I mentioned, it was gluten and then protein, 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 protein. I just was not, I, I, I don't, I'm not a big meat fan. I just don't like the texture. Um, come to find out it's probably because I didn't have the stomach acid to support digesting it. Um, because as I've healed that, I got better about eating meat. Um, but man, if you do not get the protein that you need, or if you're not digesting the protein that you're eating, you can't break it down into amino acids and our neurotransmitters are produced from amino acids. So protein's a huge one. Um, and then blood sugar balance. Uh, this, this took me a lot longer to dial, like a lot longer to dial in. Cause again, I was like a carb eater. Um, even if it was a healthy carb, I was a carb eater. So like I'd sit down and eat a sweet potato for breakfast, or I would, um, you know, a snack would my biggest snack was potato chips. That was my favorite snack was potato chips. Shocker. I was really low in potassium and sodium. Um, But so when I started to balance that blood sugar, again, using protein, right? Eating your protein at the beginning of your meal. So don't start out with your carb or your, you know, your, whatever your starchy carb is, don't start there, start with your protein and, um, and, or your fat, you know, I would start there and kind of go through, especially, especially if it's going to be your iced coffee or your alcohol, like don't, don't have those alone. You know, you need to start out. Otherwise that just would give me this blood sugar roller coaster that would kind of kick in that anxiety and the overwhelm and the depression and all of that. So that was with diet with sleep. Um, sleep is a big deal. I think it's a big deal for all of us. And when I'm in, like when I was not, when I was depressed, when I was struggling with it, I felt like I needed more time, right? I was overwhelmed. I felt like I had too much to do. Like I needed more time. So what I would do is I would stay up later and wake up earlier. I was getting up at 4 a.m. at one point and staying up to like 11, 12 o'clock. And well, of course, everything just got worse at that point. So, you know, going to bed, I I, I go to bed between like 8.30 and 9.30, which is probably no earlier than most people want to do. (laughs) But that's how, that's what works for me. And then I'll get up, you know, between five 30 and six. And, um, that's, that's, that's a big one for me. And that's, those are the two that were the biggest that kind of brought me out of that, you know, depression. Yeah. And I, I can relate on a personal level. Those were two of the biggest changes that I made because my history, I was a vegetarian pretty much 
my entire life. And yeah, I don't doubt that I had some mood issues as far as anxiety and feeling overwhelmed, you know, just the same feelings, like not having enough time. Those were like a lot of things I felt from day to day. And yeah, once I started eating meat on the regular, um, I started to feel a whole lot better. But just like you were saying, you need strong stomach acid for that digestion and you need to be able to absorb all those amino acids for your neurotransmitters. And I do think a lot of women are low in their protein intake. So I love that you highlighted that. And of course, the protein's the hardest as far as like the macronutrients go. And I'm yeah. with you, I'm not like a big meat person. Like I eat it because I know it's good for me, but man, it took me a while to get there. But I'm really glad that you identified that as well as the sleep, because yeah, if you don't sleep, like everything, everything sucks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I want to talk a little bit about, um, antidepressants and, you know, how they affect the body and the gut and whatnot. Cause again, you know, no shame in the med game. Sometimes we need these things, but I do think maybe women listening don't realize that there are alternatives as far as how to approach your mental health. And I mean, they might feel really, really desperate and they just think they should just jump right to meds when there are some kind of like foundational things we could do. So with your experience with antidepressants and, you know, just what they do to the body, is there any information that you might want to share as far as what they do to the gut, you know, why they might work for somebody, but not somebody else and why they have sometimes those like short-term effects and then, you know, the side effects. I mean, the weight, weight gain is a huge one for people. Yeah. Weight gain is a huge one. So Dr. Kelly Brogan, I, um, oh gosh, now I can't think of what her book, Dr. Kelly Brogan. She is a, um, a psychologist and she wrote a really great book. I, I gosh, I can't remember the name of the book now, but she, she dove into that topic as far as like antidepressants and how oftentimes now, again, I'm not knocking antidepressants. I, I'm, I'm not saying that there's not a time and a place for them. I want to be clear about that. But my situation was not the time or the place for them. I, I don't think it was. I think I had a lot of imbalances in my body and I just didn't know how else to take care of them. So all of these imbalances. And for me, like I said, I think a lot of times it's and Dr. Kelly Brogan kind of backed this up was it's a placebo effect. Like a lot, we will take something and we kind of have this placebo effect from it. Now, obviously, you know, the the selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors, they're affecting our serotonin, but they say the amount of cases that are actually serotonin based are not nearly what they thought they were. And then if we even think about the serotonin, where is most of our serotonin produced? In our gut, you know, it's produced in our gut. So then we go right back to, if we kind of check the gut, and that's one of the first places that I, that I check as we look at the gut, um, do you have imbalances? Do you have overgrowths? Do you have um, like a candida overgrowth? Do you have a parasite really? And you don't even have to have those things. It's just that inflammation, zonulin, which is related, you know, zonulin related to gluten where gluten goes in and it creates that, that like release of those tight junctions in our intestines, which creates that leaky gut. And then we have all the junk from inside our intestines getting into our bloodstream and it goes, you know, our, it travels to our brain, our bloodstream, our blood flow travels back and forth. And then we get all this junk building up in our brain. And, um, yeah, it's just, it's just not a, it's, there is a time and a place for them, but I just think that there's other things that we could try first, or if you're in a really bad place and you need to go on an antidepressant, or you feel like you need to do that. And your doctor wants you to do that. That's, that's a great thing to do. And then work on your body in the meantime, you know, work on that healing, work on your diet and on your sleep and those other, those other aspects of the protocols that we do. 
Yeah, I think that's great advice. And I mean, that's very much my personal story. You know, I'm on meds for ulcerative colitis, but I'm still running dress and dress is the protocol that all of the FDNs on my team have been trained in. And it is a lot of the foundational stuff as far as diet, rest, exercise, stress reduction, and supplementation. I feel like I say that all the time, but that's essentially, you know, the dress protocol. So I know you talked about nutrition a little bit here, and I would love just to kind of go back to that real quick, because I would love for you to talk about like specifics, because I think that can be really helpful for women in the sense that it's very actionable and doable, because I do think sometimes when you say like, improve your nutrition, you know, eat more whole foods, it's very vague. Um, And I know you talked about protein. I think that's great. But were there any other things that you did nutritionally that you feel like really helped? Oh yeah, for sure. So, um, eating, eating protein, when I say eat more protein, right, that could be like somebody adds another beef stick into their diet. And that's not what I'm talking about. You know, we're talking, we want to see at least generally speaking around hundred grams of protein a day. We, the, the human body, the female body needs that to do all of its processes and Um, so I always say, start with hundred grams of protein, work your way up from there. Um, starchy carbohydrates. So in the land of the, you know, in the world where we have the internet and information is just everywhere and you can find something for anything and keto is are popular and low carb is popular. And I think so many women tend to gravitate towards that. I was one of them. I mean, we were afraid to eat rice. We were afraid to, it's like, you know, I would eat sweet potatoes, but then I'd be afraid to eat like a baked potato or, you know, it was just all of these different kind of, you know, splitting hairs over food. So here's how I look at it now. If it comes from the earth, I'm okay eating it. Okay. Um, so we, I do eat potatoes. I think that the starchy carbs are really, really important to support our adrenal health and to support our thyroid health. And those also can are involved in that whole depression process for a lot of people. Right. So making sure you're getting enough starchy carbohydrates, and I, I don't mean potato chips and you know cookies, um, but your starchy vegetables, fruit, don't be afraid of fruit. I, make, you know, be getting your fruit in the day, be getting your starchy vegetables. Um, don't be afraid of fat. We don't want to overdo fat, but we want to be doing you know the avocados, um, coconut oil, even the fat and meats. Like if you're eating grass-fed meat or eggs or you know things like that, all those fats are healthy, and we want to make sure to be incorporating those in because fat, all of those macronutrients are important for our mental health too. And then the one most recently I've been working on that was on the reel yesterday is my potassium. So when I'm making sure my potassium is balanced, my blood sugar is more balanced. And when my blood sugar is balanced, there's less anxiety and less everything else. So, you know, our bodies, it's like, there, it's just this intricate balance and there's not just one thing. So making sure that you're, yeah, that you're eating whole foods, that you're, that you're eating a variety of fruits and vegetables and a variety of different types of proteins. And Tina, like you said, and like I said, I'm not a big I'm just not a big meat fan, but I know it's good for me, you know, getting in my eggs, getting in, um, I will use collagen protein. I love paleo Valley, um, mm-hmm. paleo Valley bone broth protein. Cause I don't, I don't do whey protein, but, um, I love that bone broth protein and it has, has the full amino acid profile where, um, collagen is missing. Is it missing tryptophan or tyrus? It's missing one of the T's yeah. anyway. Yeah. So, you know, just getting in those, if you can't, I, I put the collagen or the, paleo Valley in my coffee. And then I have eggs with it and I have half a cup of fruit or a cup of fruit with that. Um, for lunch, I'm eating like Turkey with some vegetables, like cucumbers and maybe some slices of potato. Um, and dinner is usually kind of the same thing, but just really making sure that you're not just paying attention also to your fat 
and your protein and your carbs, but pay attention. Are you getting enough sodium? Are you getting enough um, potassium? Are you eating foods that are rich in calcium? Are you eating foods um, that are rich in magnesium? Magnesium is a little harder to get, you know, in the food supply now, but just making sure you're getting your micronutrients as well. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I mean, we're big mineral fans over here. We're talking yes. about minerals yeah. all the time, but I really think like once I changed my eating approach from just low calorie diet foods, you know, eating as little as possible to nourishing my body with like red meat and fruit and squashes and tons of coconut water, like so yeah. many things changed as far as like my energy levels, my mood, my patience with my husband and my kid and my dog. So like, <laughs> It just goes to show you what like good nutrition can do. And then um, just changing directions a little bit here, because we also really love testing over here. It's a big part of what we do, just helping women get answers. Because if you've been struggling for a while, I do think this testing just is the quickest way to get those answers. So as far as, so we run three tests over here at Carrots and Cake when you sign up for our program. So we run hormones, we run gut health as far as like stool testing. It's always a fun one. And then we look at your mineral status, which I think those three together is a very comprehensive look at what's going on with your health, your metabolism, um, you know, your nutrient, mineral status, gut health, like all that. So we, I think we like really covered the bases with those three. So I know you look at a lot of tests. Um, when it comes to mental health, mood issues, anxiety, overwhelm, sleep issues, stuff like that, are there any specific markers on these tests that really jump out at you? And obviously to the listeners here, we don't diagnose, we don't treat you for anything specifically, but these are really, really good clues as far as supporting your body um, with good nutrition, of course, and lifestyle changes. But are there any that just jump out at you um, when you're looking at these tests? Yeah. So some test markers that correlate oftentimes to this anxiety, depression, or this like overwhelmed, stressed out, right? Um, on the stool test that we run, so that anti-gliadin IgA, um, people who have that, they'll tend to have that um, like pegged, right? That'll be, that'll be high up or the zonulin that we had talked about zonulin. We test for zonulin on that stool test. Um, when we see zonulin, that means your, your, your gut is leaky. You know, it's those tight junctions are opening and it's allowing the different, um, I mean, I always think of like, like lipopolysaccharides, the different, um, things that are inside our intestines, right? That doesn't belong inside of our body, in our bloodstream. And that's where it goes to when when those junctions open up, it gets into that immune system, it flares up our immune system, it aggravates our gut. Um, And then inflammatory markers, anything that's inflammatory in the gut tends to oftentimes correlate with that um, that mental health. Now, obviously we're not ever just working just on gut, right? We're also working on hormones and on cortisol, but the markers that I see when we retest that have improved the most when... um, symptoms have improved are usually those gut markers. Um, Now on a Dutch test, a Dutch is our stress and hormone test. Cortisol can be all over the place, especially with sleep. So we like to see cortisol follow a pattern. You know, you wake up in the morning, it's, it's low, it kind of peaks in the morning and then it gradually declines as we go and it should be low at bedtime. Um, And it correlates to our stress, not just mental, emotional, mental, emotional stress, but the physical stressors in our body, um, if we're being exposed to like chemicals or, you know, things of that nature, like we were exposed to mold, that was a stressor on my body. Um, so that can ramp up that, that stress response, or even not having the prop, the minerals to help support our stress response can increase that. Um, seeing, seeing low female hormones, low progesterone can be correlated. And then on the HTMA, what I see, that's our mineral test is low 
primary minerals or very high, really very high or very low, depending if they're on their way up in that stress response or if they're burning out, you know, so that then the minerals would be like calcium, magnesium, sodium, and potassium. If we see those really high or really low, that's, um, that correlates. I think that's more of like a response to the stress and anxiety and depression and, you know, those types of feelings, but it also contributes to it. A hundred percent. And I mean, that's the great thing about testing. I, I just feel like it gives you some answers and more of a game plan as far as what to do and what to prioritize, because like you were saying, you can make significant changes to your diet. I mean, there are markers on the Dutch that will give us insights into if you're eating enough protein and if you're maybe eating enough protein, it might not be digested properly. So there's like little markers like that, that can give us really good info into, you know, what your body is doing on the nutrition front. So we love right. testing over here. Um, and then I'm going to change directions a little bit. Cause I want to ask you kind of some fun questions. So the listeners can get to know you because you do have yes. the potential of working with Nicole, if you decide to work with carrots and cake. Um, so let's start with, you know, what would you consider your superpower and why? Oh my gosh, my superpower. You did tell me you were going to ask me this and I didn't get enough time to do it. <laughs> it's such a fun question because I've been well, asking it to people lately and I've got such different answers. So yeah. So I guess I don't necessarily, I don't, I'm sure I have a superpower. My husband would say I have a superpower. Um, but I don't know. I guess the thing is, is I, when I'm working with women, I think a lot of times when they come to us, they, there's a lot of shame in what they've have going on, or they have a lot of shame in where they're coming from, or they're just, they're not where they want to be. And I, this, this is supposed to be a fun question, but I'm just going to link it back here because I always feel like, and I feel this is all of, I think this is like the carrots and cake superpower is that we can meet people where they're at. And, um, and I don't even know necessarily that's a superpower, but just being able to meet people where they're at and kind of help them up out of that place, you know, I mean, where, where they're at and kind of help them up out of that. That's not really a superpower, but that's what I would <laughs> short notice. <laughs> no, I love that. And I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there as far as what we do over here, because everyone comes to us at different places in their journey. And I think where we're different and probably where we excel is really getting personal with our clients because- yeah. The more we know about them, the more we can help them. And it's always, you know, between us, you know, as coaches, when a client just ghosts us or we don't hear from them for a few weeks, that's like the worst feeling because yeah. we know they're probably not doing what they need to do, but they're also not asking for help. So I think for us, like really meeting that client where they are, as far as like motivation, right. education, and, you know, doing the things I think is a really great superpower to have as a coach. So I'm, I'm glad you said that. I think I, think I thought of one too. I can take okay. anything and make it gluten-free, dairy-free and taste good. <laughs> That's, I love that that's my superpower. It came a minute late. I can take, I can make gluten-free biscuits and gravy and oh. the people, they don't know it's gluten-free and dairy-free. I'm like, I have arrived. I We're not dairy-free anymore, but we were for a decade. So we're still gluten-free, no longer dairy-free, but yeah. So I guess that would be one. <laughs> oh, I love that. And I think, I think this is, this is great. And I have a few questions there because I'm, I'm gluten-free. I did dabble with gluten over the summer and I don't think it was a good decision. I don't think my gut really likes gluten. Um, but what are like your tips and tricks there, especially for somebody who 
is new to gluten-free or really overwhelmed by it. I can't tell you how many tests that we run on our clients with like the GI map, the gut test, where it says you are having a major reaction to gluten and people don't want to give up gluten. It just like blows my mind. So like somebody who is just starting this journey, which I know it's overwhelming, especially if like gluten is a big part of your diet, but where would you go first with that client? Or what would be kind of like the first thing that you would do to not overwhelm them with this transition? Right. Well, what I, what I typically do with my clients is the first thing I do is I ask them what they're eating. Cause again, we try to meet them where they're at. Right. So if you're eating spaghetti and tacos and, um, you know, whatever waffles and whatever you're eating, I try to kind of go there and say, well, like, tell me your, your five most common meals that you're eating. Let's make those gluten-free, right? Because there's a couple of ways to go about it. You can go gluten-free and you can say, kind of eat more like a paleo style diet, right? Like just not eat grains. Well, if you're avoiding grains, for the most part, you're avoiding gluten, but it is in things like soy sauce, like things you would never think you would find. It's in soy sauce, it's in cream soups, it's a thickener, it's in some salad dressings. Um, it's just in places you wouldn't expect to find it. Like the main places are going to be cookies, crackers, um, breakfast cereals, bread, um, anything with a crust, you know, that type of thing. So you can just kind of throw all of that out and you'll most likely be gluten-free. Um, but it's even in things like malt, like that malt flavor. So like rice krispies, people like, oh, rice krispies are gluten-free. It's like, no, it has malt in it. That's actually not gluten-free. Um, but so I'll tend to meet people where they're at. So like, if they're like, we really like tacos, we'll go with the corn shell, right? Corn corn. I mean, and if we really get into it, each grain has their own form of gluten. But if we're talking about wheat gluten, throw out the, the soft shell and use a corn shell, or there's some really great gluten-free shells out there. Like Siete is a great brand. Like we love the Siete shells, but some people get a little sticker shock from some of those things. So, you know, stick to your corn shell or um, brown rice pasta, like brown rice pasta. If you're going to do pasta, brown rice pasta is my favorite. Um, you can substitute things like zoodles, um, zucchini noodles, or um, I'll use um, spaghetti squash. You know, it really kind of depends on what direction you're going with that. Um, for kids, like being gluten-free with kids, we still want to do some packaged stuff. I, I tend not to eat very many packaged things, but regular potato chips, potatoes don't have gluten, it's potatoes and salt. So potato chips are one that we'll go to, or like a gluten-free waffle. Um, again, that's kind of more junk food, but you know, again, if you're, if someone is used to eating the standard American diet, and then we're asking them to make some changes, we kind of try to kind of meet them there and inch them, inch them away from that. If you're making your own stuff, there's a lot of gluten-free flours out there. You can use a one-to-one -one gluten-free flour. I kind of make my own mix, um, for thickeners. Um, I'll use like a potato starch so I can just stay away from grains altogether. So yeah, it's really, and then when you're eating out the beautiful thing now that really wasn't 10 years ago is a lot of places have a gluten-free menu and it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I just feel like if there's a will, there's a way and yeah. I've been gluten-free for more than a decade now. And yeah, in the early days, there wasn't really a lot out there and you really had to be creative, but now there's like a gluten-free option for everything. Um, but I'm glad you identified kind of like starting with like the meals that you eat most option often, because I think there's always a way to make it work. Like we eat a lot of rice in this house, a lot of beans, a lot of lentils, a lot of squash. So I think there's always a way to do it. You just have to get a little bit creative and it is kind yeah. of like a trial and error too, to figure out what you like. So like brown rice pasta, our whole family will eat that. We used to do like the banza and like the uh, black bean pasta and all that. And they're fine. <laughs> 
they're just not the best as far as like consistency and my family wouldn't eat it, but it is, it, it's a, it's like trial and error and just like figuring out what works best for you. It is. Um, yeah. So when it comes to self-care and wellness, are there any just non-negotiables in your life? Like you just have to do it. I know we talked about protein and sleep, but outside of those two things. Um, well, sleep is, I'm just going to hit back on sleep because the joke in my family. So my family, I have um, a sister and two brothers and we ha- each have like three to five kids and we go to our cottage. And the joke is I turn into a pumpkin because at, t- at 10 o'clock, like Cinderella has to leave the ball. She's going to turn into a pumpkin, but it's not at midnight. It's at 10 PM. So everyone's sitting around a bonfire and I'm just like, I just get up and walk away. It's like, I can tell, or I'm not going to feel great the next day. Um, other non-negotiables are, um, I, I don't eat gluten. Um, although I did dabble in it a little bit. I did dabble in it a little bit again. And I thought, it's just not worth it because it's one of those things where if you try it and it doesn't do anything, then you kind of let it sneak back into your diet. And then it, you know, starts that fire again, burning inside. Um, and then self reading, I take a bath and I read a book pretty much every night. And, um, even when we only had one bathroom because of our mold remediation, I still locked that sucker and took a bath. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love that. So, so many good things right there. And I'm, I'm very similar (laughs) in my approach. I'm like, peace. It's uh, nine o'clock. I'm out of here. Yeah. I'm for bed. Oh, I love that. Um, and then, uh, on the same vein, do you have any life hacks or health hacks that just make this whole health journey easier for you? Um, so I guess, let me think life hacks or health hacks. Um, well, sleep again, going back to it, like when people talk about sleep, I used to get irritated and be like, well, yeah, if I could sleep, I would, you know, quit telling me to sleep better. So I guess maybe I'll focus on that a little bit. So finding your, your bedtime routine, um, and finding what works for you with that is, is a big, a big one because not everybody can sleep through the night. So testing is going to help us know a lot about that because if your gut is imbalanced and your hormones are out of whack and your minerals are all out of balance and your blood sugar is terrible, it's going to be hard to sleep. But, um, you know, having that bedtime routine, not looking at a screen in that hour before bed, preferably two hours, but realistic one hour, read a paper book, you know, take a bath, drink a cup of tea, do that wind down thing. I think like as moms and women, um, we like, we wake up and the tendency is to go like just to full tilt, you wake up and you go full tilt till you go to bed, but we weren't designed to do that. So we have to factor in, um, that downtime and that slow time. And that like, again, it's probably another non-negotiable, right? Like we have to have that, or we're just going to, we're just going to trash our health. We're going to trash our metabolism. We're going to end up with symptoms and we're not going to feel well. So getting that bedtime routine. So you can sleep well. I wear an eye mask. I have a white noise machine. Like it's a whole thing. There's a bath and there's Epsom salts and lavender oil. And it's just this kind of whole whole thing. And, um, if I go anywhere overnight, I got, I bring it all with me, (laughs) bring it all with me, but finding that way, you know, to, to get to sleep at night is, um, was, was it really a big part of it? Yeah, I agree so much. It's a whole thing at this point. Like you said, I have like the weighted blanket and the whole, I take like a shower and I do like the essential oils and I read a book and I have to have the dog. (laughs) 
so it's so ridiculous. But like we were saying before, like if you don't sleep, like everything is harder, like you're just not your best self. So you really have to prioritize it. But I think just like we were saying, like as women, it's just, you know, we are just go, go, go all the time. And like, I, I always compare this to you know, like having a kid or a toddler or something like that. Like they have a whole wind down routine too. And so for us, we're doing all the things during the day. And just to think that you can just go to bed and you're just going to fall asleep. Like you need some time to like wind down and really like get your mind and body to be calm. So you can get like a good night's sleep. So, um, that's great. I just, I just love that you have a routine and you highlighted it. Cause I think that's really helpful for women because yeah, if you're doing a hundred all day, like, you know, making dinner, cleaning up the kitchen, you know, putting your kids to bed, all the things doing work before you go to bed. I used to do that all the time. It's going to be really hard to sleep because your brain just hasn't had time to catch up as far as relaxation goes. Yeah. And then when you find out that you fall back into those habits, because I recently did like where I'm like, no, I'm just going to, I'm just going to do one more thing on the computer, just one more thing. And you just have to be willing to just stop. Like, I just thought, again, this just has to be a non-negotiable. I just have to draw a line in the sand and like, I have my internet shut off now. So it's just like, Oh, computer doesn't work anymore. It's time to go to bed or it's time to shut it down and read a book, you know? So just understanding that we're human and we're gonna, you know, we, we set up these habits that we want to kind of stick with them. But if we find ourselves veering off from them, just recognize it and just course correct. Yep. A hundred percent. That is, that is me again and again. with so many habits, like the gluten, like just what you were saying, because the thing about gluten, especially for me, is that I can eat it, nothing happens. Like I don't get bloating, I don't get gas, I don't get GI issues, but it starts to sneak in. And then it's like, instead of just having a bite of a donut, it's like, I'm having a donut every week. So it just starts to sneak in. But I think just being aware that this is happening is a big part of the healing journey, because like you do have to course correct and just know yourself, set some boundaries, um, because essentially like, you know, it's good for you at the end of the day, um, as far as just your health goes, which is a great segue to the next question. Um, so what piece of advice would you have for somebody as far as just improving their mindset or staying motivated or just a piece of advice for like, continuing this journey because it's not linear, like, especially with like healing and even weight loss, it's not just a straight shot. There's a lot of ups and downs and it can be super duper frustrating, but do you have any advice for somebody that's just like, this is harder than I thought it would be? Well, my advice might not be, this is what I should have heard a long time ago. You're never done. Mm -hmm. You're just never done. So I think if we can shift out of that mindset, because I think what happens when we sign up for a program, we're like, oh, we're going to do for this for six months and then we're done. Um, if you can shift out of that mindset of, you know, what, what does I'm done mean? Does it mean you're going to go back to the way you were? Does it mean you think you're going to be completely better? I mean, you've been on your healing journey for a long time. I've been on mine for 11 years, you know, I'm still not done. And what that means is it doesn't mean you're going to be perfect for six months and then go. It means like, as you're, let's say you're on a six month program, you're, you're going to have some good days and bad days during that program, right? Like you're probably not going to follow it to the letter for six months exactly. And then, and even if you did, you probably wouldn't be a hundred percent better than, right. It took us so much longer than six months to get here. It's going to take so a long time to get out of there. So just kind of shift that mindset from, I'm going to do this and fix this. And then I'm going to like be done to this is like a new lifestyle. And give yourself the grace 
to, if you're the kind of person that can like make a bunch of changes at once and they can stick, great. If you're the kind of person who has to kind of add in things a little bit at a, at a time to help them to become a habit, you know, if you give me a list of 15 things to do and I try to do them all at once, I'll do them great for five days and I'll say, forget it. I'm, this is too hard. But if I add in one thing a week for 15 weeks, they're just, they're a part of my life. If, if, if I find that they're helping me. So just realize that this is, it's a lifestyle, right? And it doesn't have to be perfect. Like you said, Tina, like you'll have a donut here and there. And I, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect. And sometimes I, you know, I don't follow my bedtime routine perfectly and I go on my computer, but realizing that that doesn't mean, well, I failed and now I'm, now I'm just, you know, I failed and I'm not going to do it anymore. No, you just get back on, you get back on the horse every day. And, you know, if, if it doesn't go well, then you just keep getting back on the horse. Cause this is life change. And it, I, I don't think we ever arrive. Mm -hmm. I agree with that a hundred percent. And I, I think it's also looking at those failures or mistakes that you're making with much more grace and kindness, because I do think this is where a lot of ladies get stuck. You know, they need to do things perfectly. And if they're not doing things perfectly, they're just off the wagon and like, you know, yeah. Not not doing what they need to do, but like ultimately when you kind of slip up, like using that as feedback, as far as like, how do I course correct and what do I do differently? Or how can I really make this part of my life? Because yeah, we're never done. I just think about like the mineral testing. I've been doing it for years now. And I just get so excited every time I run a test because I'm like, Ooh, new things to work on <laughs> because it's not so straightforward. But I do think also just changing your perspective on it, where it's like an exciting, like fun journey where you're nourishing your body instead of one that's like miserable and restrictive and you know just like the worst thing ever because I feel like sometimes people go especially into weight loss they think of that or you know diets where we you say you can't have gluten or something and they just think it's so restrictive um but you could really like flip the script on that and be like no I'm doing something good for my body where it's going to heal and I'm going to feel better and my mood's going to improve and my energy is going to improve and all that Anyways, I could ramble on about that forever because I've had a lot of mindset shifts over the years. Mindset uh, is huge. Mindset is huge. It's everything. It truly, truly is. Um, and then as we wrap up here, I would love to know um, what or who are your favorite types of clients to work with? Um, well, I have, okay. My heart is with the moms. I, I, again, I work with a lot of people who aren't moms, but I have five kids. My heart's with moms. I've been a mom my entire adult life. Um, so the moms who are struggling with that anxiety and that overwhelm and who just feel like they're not, um, like they're just not doing a good enough job, you know, and, kind of help coming alongside of them and showing them where they are doing a good enough job and how they can kind of help that to get better. A lot of times this is like the anxiety, depression, you know, type of things. Again, not, not, not seriously like, you know, depressed, but those overwhelm, anxious, um, they just really want to kind of do the things, but are really just struggling. And they're all so hard on themselves. They're all so hard on themselves. And yeah, those are, those are my favorite people to work with just because that was me. and you know, and I'm still a work in progress, obviously. I'm still, you know, hard on myself sometimes. And we it's always gonna be that way. But just being able to put your arm around someone like that and walk through it with them and kind of teach them where you've been and how you've come through that and try to help them to do this a similar thing. 
Yeah, I love that. And I agree. Women are just so hard on themselves. I mean, I I know I am. I literally shared on Instagram, maybe yesterday, a letter that I wrote to myself just because I am so stinking hard on myself. And I do think it's a detriment um, as far as just my mindset, my emotions, maybe my physical progress at this point, as far as healing goes. But yeah, I, I'm just glad you said that. And I do think, you know, all the coaches on our team have lived similar experiences as far as being a mom and struggling with their health. And I think we really do infuse a really kind approach to all of this because we get it. You can't do 8 million things in a day when you're also taking care of other humans as far as your kids go. So I think, I think we get it, you know, when it comes to, especially working with moms, like you said, and just busy women in general, I think we attract those type of people as far as like what we do at Carrots and Cake. Yeah. Um, well, I've loved this convo. Um, I think you have given some amazing advice here. And where can people find you as far as working with you and getting to know you better? Um, well, I'm on Instagram. Uh, Nicole Kruger uh, is my handle. And then on Facebook as She Builds Health. Um, otherwise, sign up with Tina and maybe you'll get me as a coach. <laughs> yes, yes, for sure. And then also... Nicole does amazing reels on the Carrots and Cake coaching account. So check that out too. But it was great to have you here today, Nicole. Thank you so much. And yeah, I'm sure I'll talk to you 8 million times on WhatsApp. Yep. Awesome. Thanks for having me, Tina. <laughs>